Welcome to Buzzed with Brian. I am your host, Brian. We're going to talk about beer, the history, and drinking. Hey there, beer fans. Welcome to the first episode of Buzzed with Brian podcast. I've got a killer beer lined up for you all today that we're going to review. Very excited to share it. Today's episode is sponsored by the Shoppel's Bar here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's a wonderful basement establishment, and although they do have strange hours, they always seem to give me a warm welcome. And today, that is where we are enjoying this brew. Today, we have an American Pale Ale. Coming from Madison, Wisconsin, we are going to review Ale Asylum's Hopalicious. Now, on to the show. Okay, today we have an American Pale Ale. Let's first talk a little bit about the history behind this style of beer. It obviously stems from its big brother, the English Pale Ale, much like most American beers do, coming from different styles that were used in England and across Europe. Characteristics of the American Pale Ale are usually from 30 to 50 IBUs, so that's bitterness units, so it's going to be a little on the lower end as far as bitterness goes, and somewhere between 4.5 to 5.5 ABV, so definitely more sessionable beer, something that's a lot uh, easier to drink, and when we talk about the English Pale Ale versus the American Pale Ale, the American Pale Ale usually has a little bit more hoppy aversion to it compared to the British style. That's due mostly to the West Coast hops that come from this beer. Um, You're going to have a lot of more brighter citrus pine notes compared to the kind of more nutty, robust flavors that you get in an English pale ale. I mean, the American pale is a great segue for anyone that wants to kind of get into the craft brew scene. It's an easier drinking beer. It's definitely more uh, approachable to a lot of different people's palates. It pairs well with a lot of different foods just because of the versatility of the beer and all the flavor notes that you might get to derive from it based on the different hops and malts that you're used. And honestly, this style has really expanded a lot since its inception. Um, especially with the expansion of dry hopping and the growth of hop varieties, um, the most popular it was it was it was the most popular beer style for craft beer prior to the IPA takeover in 2011. So let's let's start where this American Pale let's let's bring it back and let's start with where the American Pale Ale all began. Uh, the year was 1975 with Anchor Brewery out in San Francisco, California. They were thinking, how can we kind of revamp the craft brewery scene right now? I mean, let's 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 take a step back and look at the picture of. All right, we're in the 1970s. The American brewing industry is down to about 70 breweries max, or I think it's 70 to 80 breweries post-prohibition. Um, and we're talking about our Schlitz, our Millers, our, our Coors, our Budweiser, you know, our everyman beer. You know, not that there's anything wrong with those kinds of beers. They all serve their time and place. Um, I certainly enjoy a good banquet beer here and there. But Anchor Brewery is saying, how, how can we get on the scene and change things up a little bit? They were looking at, all right, it's the bicentennial of Paul Revere's Midnight Ride. Um, this is kind of an interesting story. And they're thinking, okay, how can we commemorate this beer? Because everyone knows that Paul Revere shouted down on his horse, the British are coming, the British are coming. And he had his good old pal, one of the other American patriots, put up two lamps in the in the watchtower to signal that the British were coming by sea. But um, they, I think there really is a, a different story here. I don't think that's actually what happened. Um, Paul Revere's Midnight Ride was Paul going down to the local tavern, and uh, the way the way they signaled whether or not the British were coming by land or sea was uh, Paul came in and grabbed two flagons of ale and just down two right in a row. So I think two two pints of beer, 
signaled the British were coming by sea, and that gave a whole local military militia that was hanging out at the tavern good heads up that that's where they're coming. So that's obviously not a very true story at all, but I think that's what the uh, marketing team back in 1975 for Anchor Brewing was thinking about this. And they uh, they came out with a Liberty Ale, and it was an American Pale Ale, and it's, it's thought to be the first American Pale Ale out on the scene. Another big brewery, another big beer that gets credited for potentially being one of the first to kind of start this style would be Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale. And they're coming out of Chico, California, and they were founded in the early 1980s. And they were kind of the first to pioneer the Cascade Hop, which is used in a lot of American West Coast beers. And uh, they came out with Pale Ale in 1981. And to this day, it's still one of the best-selling beers in the U.S. And yeah, that's uh, that's the birth of American Pale Ale. Okay, so now on to the beer that we're reviewing today, um, Ale Asylum's Hopalicious. Let's talk a little bit about Ale Asylum uh, before we kind of crack open this brew and, and get started here. Um, Ale Asylum is in the state's capital, Madison, Wisconsin. They were founded in 2006, and they started off on the east side of town there by the airport. So for anyone that was traveling out to MSN and catching a flight, they could also catch a nice brew before they uh, took off on the plane. Um, They also did expand and move to a new location just on the other side of the airport in 2012. They've grown to be Madison's largest brewery, which I was actually a little surprised to find out about. I thought Capital or Wisconsin Brewing Company would be uh, larger than them, but they are allegedly Madison's largest brewery. And in that space they opened up in 2012, they have a 45,000 square foot tap room. They can brew up to 33 barrel capacity and they have a full bottling and canning line, which is kind of neat to check out when you're there on a tour and see it in action. I mean, the cans just zip down the line. They recently actually went up for sale this past fall. In August, the original owners did announce that they were going to kind of go their separate ways and wanted to sell the place, which put a little bit of a potential turmoil for Ale Asylum since it has become such a staple landmark in the Madison community. But fortunately enough, um, in late October, a group of Madison entrepreneurs did ink a deal to take it over. And uh, part of the deal was a non-disclosure, so we're not still sure who these individuals are that bought up the brewery. But they say that they're not going to put any stop in production. It's not going to put any stop in the style of beer that's coming out. They turned over all the rights to have the names and all the trademarks they use. So it's going to be the same old, same old recipe, same old Ale Asylum. So more about Ale Asylum is they definitely produce a lot of flagship and seasonal beers. Uh, I think they are very applicable to any beer lover or any beer novice. That um, You can definitely find a beer that will suit your interests and needs. Some of the flagships that they have include Hopalicious, which is the beer that we're going to review today. Um, and the reason why I picked Hopalicious is it's actually probably one of the first craft brews I had as a young undergrad student at UW. And I definitely continue to enjoy it with plenty of pitchers out on the terrace there. And I would would recommend that to anyone that wants to have a, a beer on the terrace that's getting a Hopalicious and just watching the sailboats go by. But in addition to the flagship beers that they have, they've come out with um, a Fuck COVID <laughs> beer. They have two versions of that, which is one is a Czech Pilsner, very sessionable, very light, very easy drinking. And then a, a Hazy IPA is the volume two. And both are very good. I would, I would definitely recommend both. And then another thing that they have brewed uh, with partnership with Charlie Barron's, which a lot of Wisconsin listeners here are probably very familiar with, the Keeper Move-In beer. 
and that has been a big seller for them as well. I think just from the partnership with Charlie and the kind of media advertisement it gets, but it's it's a tasty beer as well. So I can't say enough good things about about the beers they produce, and I'm really looking forward to uh, opening up this Hopalicious and uh, reviewing it here for the podcast. Okay, so on to the Hopalicious. We have our beautiful Hopalicious can as our serving vessel today. This beer weighs in at a 5.7% ABV, so it's a little on the top end from that kind of previously talked about um, range that typical APAs fit into. Um, it's in a 52 IBU, so definitely just below that kind of common threshold for most IPAs being kind of 16 above. IBUs to kind of give you just a, a gauge there, but um, it's a little bit of bitterness, but not bad. The can itself is is beautiful. I mean, they've had the same can art since its inception here, to my knowledge at least, since I've been drinking it. It's got this cool little kind of forest green background with a what looks like a snake or a dragon. I'm not really sure. Either way, it's still kind of cool. Um, and then some wonderful little hoppy pine cones everywhere on there because, um, as the can says, it's had 11 additions of Cascade hops for lush hop flavor and aroma without crazy bitterness. And I would have to say from my memory, it's been a while since I've drank one, but that is pretty accurate. And the Cascade hop there is definitely very traditional with the APA style like we talked about with Sierra Nevada's uh, Pale Ale and using that very traditional U.S. hop from that region. So on to the pour here. So we just cracked this thing open. Definitely has a nice frothy head that comes out, sticks with it a little bit. I would say the color is a beautiful kind of reddish amber, maybe some copper in there. Um, the glass is kind of like, you know, throwing some different refracting light in there, and I can see kind of a depth of color change throughout the glass. It's, it's really, really pretty. The aroma on this definitely got that citrus forward hoppy aroma i kind of get some lemon zest a little bit of grapefruit and then just a nice pine on the end which is great and uh let's let's get to it let's have a sip of this beer mm, yep that is that's a really well balanced beer i i can't tell you i mean it just brings me back to having a having a pitcher <laughs> reading a book playing a little cribbage who knows what you're doing out there on the terrace but it brings me back oh man one more sip here yeah I would say, I mean, the balance is is very very abundant from the get go. I mean, it, it you, you feel you feel the hops, it hits you in the face, but there's also this just wonderful caramel bread like malty background that kind of just sticks with you. And the carbonation of the beer, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying like I have pop rocks on my tongue right now, but it just kind of gives you a little slight buzz, a little but like the fuzzy feeling almost on the tongue. I think the end transition of the beer, once you get past that kind of balanced hop, uh, citrusy hop flavor, along with that caramel malt, there's a little bit of bitterness um, that kind of sticks in the aftertaste. I think the best way to describe it would be kind of like almost like an earthy flavor, earthy, but with like a really kind of more like dank resin kind of flavor um, on the back end, which is really, really nice. Definitely bitter finish not very dry and that mouthfeel just kind of continues throughout i uh i gotta say i really really enjoy this beer it's i mean very crushable very drinkable i think that if you're new to the craft beer scene or if you have never had a alice islands hopalicious before and you're and you love ipas i think this is a really good kind of in-between starter beer for anyone let's get into the rating here so zero to five i think this is 
definitely a big moment here because it's gonna be the first rated beer on the show and uh i, I think i'm gonna give it a very strong 4.5 out of 5 i i mean obviously i'm very biased i love this beer but i think i'd recommend it for anyone that enjoys uh, both a balanced kind of hoppy malty approach and we're, we're gonna give it a 4.5 and that's that's a review Alright folks, that brings us to an end of the first Buzz with Brian podcast. Um, I hope you had a good time listening today. Uh, I know I sure had a good time drinking this beer and talking about the uh, history of the American Pale Ale and the history of uh, Ale Asylum in Madison and obviously drinking the Hopalicious. Ale Asylum and Hopalicious is pretty widely available across the state, so after hearing this podcast, if you want to go taste this delightful brew for yourself, feel free to get out to any kind of Wisconsin retailer, grocery store, liquor store, you can also look at Ale Asylum's website and uh, use their Find Find My Beer feature, and uh, you'll see what local providers have around you. But they, they distribute all across the state. I'm sure you have no problem finding it. As always, if you could uh, check out the social media outlets, like, review, subscribe. Um, also, if you want to write in for any future podcast ideas or beer reviews that you want to see reviewed, you can reach me at buzzedwithbrian at gmail.com. And uh, glad to hear any input, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. And uh, hopefully we'll get back on the mic here soon and enjoy another beer. So cheers, beers. Cheers.